The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I'm the host for this podcast. My husband, Steve Siegel, is the producer of the podcast and co-founder. Today's episode is episode number 329. Just a reminder to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a good rating so that when people are looking for help with addiction, they can find us. Please also check out our YouTube channel by the same name and give us a thumbs up on those videos and subscribe so that you get noted and ring the bell so that you get notified whenever we do a new video. And once again, when you give us a thumbs up on our video, it helps people find us. Today, we have an interview with a filmmaker. His name is uh, Dominic Tierno. And he um, has told stories through videos since he was a child. And as he grew into his teenage years, with the rise of social media, he realized he could use video to make an impact, which is so very true. Dominic won his first film festival award at the age of 16 for a motivational film called There Are No Limits. This was in 2013. Since then, Dominic has written, shot, directed, and edited three documentary films. His most recent is the internationally known Dead on Arrival, which is why we're talking to him today. It educates youth and parents about fentanyl. Dead on Arrival is currently being shown to millions of people and in all 50 states. Dominic aims to bring light to darkness through raw and bold storytelling. And having watched Dead on Arrival, I can tell you that he is doing just that. After a decade, uh, after over a decade of experience in various creative fields, Dominic has yet to lose his passion for telling powerful stories through video. So without further ado, let's talk to Dominic Tierno. Dominic Tierno. Thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast today and talking to us. Yeah, it's a blessing to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you. Dominic, tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up. I don't know, um, you know, obviously this is a podcast about addiction and we're going to talk about your film, but I don't know if you have your own history with drugs. Just take us back. Tell us about your background. Yeah, so I, I don't have a history of addiction with opiates or something like that but i grew up around people who did actually grew up around a lot of alcohol addiction and so that was something that my mother battled with and various stepfathers that i had growing up battled with and so i was the kid at like eight nine ten very early on going to aa meetings oftentimes with my single mom or if we had a stepdad at the time that's where we would be and so i was exposed at a very young age to a lot of grown adults whose lives had been severely damaged by addiction and then in that case it was alcohol addiction and so as i grew up i started hearing more of their stories and obviously some of those things it wasn't just alcohol it was other opiates and they'd go to na and they'd go to aa and so from a very early age i had decided I'm not going to drink. And I still haven't, actually. I'm 26 now. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, and I decided, you know, I wouldn't use any hard drugs. That said, it didn't keep me away from any substance. I was addicted to other things, which I could share, um, certainly, if you'd like. Yeah. It's okay. You can share whatever you'd like to share. But you obviously had 
like you were aware of, um, you know, what happens when someone is addicted and is unable to control it. What led you, I know you were a filmmaker at a young age. What led you into film just in general? So kind of, well, it was an interest I had when I was around that same age. You know, we, we had an interesting family home life and my mom, though, always encouraged me to pursue my passions, and she was always like my biggest fan. And my dad, although they were separated, was kind of the same way. And so film became an interest of mine that kind of evolved over time into an outlet to kind of express the things that I was dealing with and going through as a kid. And so it was more than just a hobby. It was something that allowed me to kind of decompress and express the things that I was feeling as a child. And I think that's why I ended up um, wanting to pursue it as a career rather than keep it as a hobby. Understood. And and where where did you grow up, Dominic? I grew up in Southern California. So really beautiful area. I can't complain at all about where we were raised or where I was from or the neighborhoods I grew up in. You know, we we always had friends who were who were better off than we were. But that said, you know, we never went without anything. My parents worked really hard to to provide everything. And, and so from that sense, we were very stable. It was just really the the addiction and then some of the relationship things that we saw as kids with our parents uh, were the things that really challenged us. And so that, that again, was, was what drove me to get into film and find a way to express myself as a kid. Understood. And I read that you won an award when, like, you were, what, 14, 15? Uh, the first one I was, I think I was 15 or 16. Okay. I was in high school and I made this motivational film called There Are No Limits. And, and again, that kind of goes back to expressing myself. Film enabled me to have a voice for other people who maybe were experiencing tougher things as a kid like I was. And so I made this motivational film to encourage people to not limit themselves based upon their situations and to really go after the things that kind of set their hearts on fire, if you will, their passions and their dreams. And and again, that's something that I refuse to um, not believe if growing up, despite, you know, whatever was going on around us, I always knew that I could, you know, elevate above, you know, what we were seeing as kids and and do something meaningful and purposeful. And and that carried into the drug films for sure later on. Understood. You, you, you've always been an artist. I admire that and using your art to make a statement. And I think, I think that's important. So what did you lead, what led you into doing films about drugs? Yeah, so the first film, I mean, it, it, mostly it was my childhood experience. So I had a desire to do that as a kid. I said, you know, I saw I was making these motivational films and I was making things that would make people laugh or make them feel inspired. And I went, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, wa- I watched all these people growing up as a kid deal with addiction. I certainly don't want my friends to go through that. I don't want myself to go through that. Uh, What can I do to use my gift to help, you know, get that message out there? And that's really where it started from. So I didn't go searching for a film to make that said I just it was a desire that I put out there and said, you know, if something comes across my path, I'll, I'll certainly do that. And that's what happened when I was 17, a senior in high school. I got a call from 
a mom whose name is Christine Wood now. You'll notice she was the producer on the Dead on Arrival film we did. And she called me at like 10 a.m. on a Saturday. Uh, I was <laughs> sleeping and the phone <laughs> call woke me up and I, I answered the phone like, hello, you know, <laughs> I didn't know whose number it was. I'm like, who is this? She's like, hey, I, you know, I got your she had gotten my name from a film program that I was involved in in high school. And she said, hey, I made this film called Overtaken. Do you have you seen it? I go, yes, I actually have. They showed it at our high school. It was actually the only really good piece of drug education content that I thought we had throughout all my years of schooling. And so that film is called Overtaken. Uh, if you type that on YouTube, I'm sure it'll pop up. It was really just a. Well, it was a documentary that two moms shot at a at a house, kind of like we did down arrival, with about twenty or so uh, recovering addicts, people who just went went through it with addiction, and like families fell apart, live, you know, live, all the stories you probably hear on a regular basis, and um, and they didn't hold back any details, which I love. They were very raw and very real. And we saw that as a high school. So Christine, who was this mom who never had any film experience before, you know, got a film crew together and did this film. And it was just playing in all these high schools. So I go, yes, I do know who you are. That's a great film. She goes, okay, well, I'm ready to make my next one. And I'm wondering if you'll be the guy who shoots and directs it. And I'm like, oh, um, yes. <laughs> and I was just like you know, wake up, it's Saturday, sorry. And then, and I said, okay, great. Yeah, where can we meet and talk about it? Um, and so it was like a couple of weeks later, I, I met her at a Starbucks and all of a sudden we were interviewing all these. The next film was called The Other Side. It was about kids who, um, so she did addicts. Now she wanted to do, follow people who ne who chose to never get involved in a, in a drug or party and stuff. And so we'd follow like a USC quarterback or a fashion model or singers and stuff and they attributed a lot of their success with their talents to having never been addicted to anything and so that was the film we made and it was just cool how that opportunity came um, in high school and since then we've gone on to make a number of projects to sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment bobby newman a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Yeah, so that's how the film work started. With that's drugs. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you do you know did do you know what led her into doing Overtaken? Did did she have did she have family members that had an issue? She had so she has four children. Okay. And one well, I think a number of them actually had friends or even best like their best friend die from addiction and oh. she saw how it totally you know just wrecked her her children you know they weren't directly the ones obviously who passed but she saw the effect it had on them and then she would obviously talk to the parents and she just wanted to stand up and do something about it and i just i really appreciate her boldness and fearlessness having never made a film 
to do that because you know maybe I wouldn't even have 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 done it if she didn't come to me and so I think that's so cool that she stepped up and made overtaken and and since then she's just continued that passion to I, th I think it's amazing and I think that when we get end off this interview Steve and I will be asking you how we can contact her because she sounds like someone that we'd like to put on the podcast so dead on arrival what made you guys make this film what made this one happen yeah so the other side film the first film we made was is a is still a great message and the reason i like to talk about that film first is because it shows how much the the um atmosphere i don't know so the climate that's what it is the the climate of the drug world and market has changed from when we made that film in 2014 to now you know 2021 was when we made dead on arrival and really that's because of fentanyl and so in 2014 when we made dead on earth sorry when we made the other side fentanyl wasn't really it was a thing but it wasn't doing the damage that it was today it hadn't really infiltrated the drug markets yet and so we didn't have this urgency to sound the alarm to kids you know kids were still trying weed and maybe maybe they do coke or um you know ecstasy and stuff and and we were more telling them hey you don't want to get into that stuff because you might get addicted and it might really um change the direction of your life away from all the potential that you have and the passions and dreams that you have you might not be able to fulfill those if you end up getting hooked on this drug that you're trying at a party now you know 2021 when we made the film it's a whole different message because yep. there are kids who were fairly you know good kids like i was you know doing well in school played sports was going to college had something they wanted to do for a career had a passion and uh, they're dying from pills because of one choice uh because they even decided to try something or go to a party and take a pill or order something off of snapchat and so that message wasn't enough anymore right. we realized with all these fentanyl deaths we need to we need to talk about this and quickly because these good kids who are saying yeah yeah i won't get addicted i won't party too hard are the ones who are dropping like flies now to put it straightforward yep. uh, because they're unaware of this deception that has infiltrated the street drug market. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com or Call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. It's, um, it's definitely scary. Yeah. Did you learn anything new from doing this film that you weren't aware of? Um, I, learned, I, I learned that I could have died. I learned... Um, I learned how much of a stigma there is around addiction, mm -hmm. especially with young people and with parents of young people. So many people 
have blamed the parents for their kids <sighs> dying when they literally had no idea it was going on. It's so and wrong. Would, That's so wrong. That that irritates me so much when that happens because, yeah. A parent cannot be with their child 24-7. You can do the best that you can to educate your children and, you know, instill any sort of moral or ethical decisions, but you cannot be with them 24-7, and you don't know the kind of pressure they're under. Yeah, and I was one of those kids who was under a lot of mental pressure. A lot of it I was putting on myself and wouldn't talk to people about. And I was a kid who was at the – I went to Penn State University. I was at a, at a good school. and It was a party school. I didn't party much. But I was dealing with a lot of mental health stuff. I was isolated. I didn't have a lot of friends there. I, I was just, again, dealing with things. And I remember a few times where I reached out to a friend and asked for Xanax because I was having panic attacks. And I, I wouldn't use it regularly. I wasn't an addict, but I would use it kind of as a fire extinguisher for when things would blow up in my mind. And, you know, had that been four years later, like it is now, that could have been a pill that was stamped Xanax that actually, you know, wasn't Xanax at all and was just a binder with fentanyl in it. And which you is could what have died. All the street pills are. Yeah, and that could have been it for me. Yeah. And so making that film was just like, oh my gosh. Like, first of all, thank God that I, I missed it, you know, because, yeah. and then I go, well, these kids have to know because they're just, they're like me, you know, they, they don't have any idea what they're about to take or what they're about to do and to blame even them for that decision that kills them is to me just totally unreasonable because it is and to call it addiction and to call it overdose is is it is it's not okay because that's not what it is it's actually just poisoning and in the yeah. same way that if someone stuck cyanide in your drink it's the same thing and there are people who are addicted to fentanyl, which I understand, you know, a lot, a lot of people. I mean, heroin is basically fentanyl now, right? And then we have all this trank dope and stuff going on, which is just blowing my mind too. But like you said, these kids are not drug addicts. I know what it's like to be addicted to something. Like I kind of foreshadowed earlier, I was addicted to vape for years oh. uh, as a high schooler because, and even into college, because it came out boom, bursted on the scene right when I was going into high school and they had all these, you know, vanilla, blueberry, dragon, unicorn flavors, you know, that tasted <laughs> amazing. I still walk by people to this day. I hate the stuff now, but I walk by today to this day and a, someone blows a vape cloud and I'm, <laughs> you know, because it smells so good, you know, and, and it was such a draw and all the colors and the different, you could build your mods and stuff. And that, that, and I use the word enslaved because that's what it felt like for two, two or three years and then stop. And then another two years after that into my young adulthood. And so I know what that addiction is like and the feeling of waking up and having to go back to something or being stressed out or using it as a crutch. And that's not fentanyl for these right. kids. You know, there's, right. there's certainly a difference. Yeah. Uh, that said, I'd love to make content about that too, because about vaping about some of the minor people that people think are minor addictions that are yep. actually way, way more harmful to you. Maybe not physically to you. Maybe they won't kill you. But uh, I struggled mentally for a long, long time because I was dependent on nicotine. Um, 
and I didn't heal heal from a lot of things because I used it as a crutch for so long. Yep. And we have someone we can put you in touch with who goes into schools and talks to kids about vaping. And a lot in a lot of those schools, the kids will actually turn over their, their vape, vaping apparatuses to him after they hear from him. So we can, oh, we can hook you up. Um, so your film, Dead on Arrival, has it been at film festivals? Where How yeah. do people see it? So, so I'll tell you the story of the film real quick. So I'm in Idaho. That's where we live now. I'm from, I came from LA, moved to Idaho right before the pandemic hit. And I was like, wow, okay. The world just kind of blew up, right? So how are we going to do this film? You know, no one's really wanting to travel and all this. So we found the four parents. First one was Amy, the mother in the film, and she had been working with the other three in an organization they formed called Void, Victim Victims of Illicit Drugs. So we reached out to Amy after seeing the article about her 14-year-old son who ordered a pill off Snapchat and they found him dead in his bedroom. I thought at first that was a outlier story, totally random. No way we can make a film about that. No one's going to believe that that actually happens until I started seeing it happening again and again and again and again and again. And it just got to the point where like, we need to fly them out here yesterday. And so that's what we did. They flew out here to Idaho. We rented an Airbnb, which I still don't think they know we filmed a film in their house. <laughs> <laughs> Unless and, they watch it and recognize it. We'll I'm have to sure see if that happens. I'm sure they'd be happy about it, honestly, because... <laughs> Because they came out here, we moved the furniture around, we shot the film just like Overtaken style, like Christine did years years ago, and they just told their stories. And then I spent about a month in my home office editing it and putting it together in a way that I believed was, you know, most powerful and the right length for to keep people's attention. And all we did is put it out on Facebook and YouTube. And from there, with the parents pushing it and a couple other key organizations who have really helped distribute it to tens of thousands of schools, it's now been seen by millions of students and parents with showings happening, I would argue, every single day because we get comments or messages daily about how a new person saw it in their health class or their parents showed it to them or at some sort of event. Um, and it's just blown up organically since then, which is so amazing that how that happens um you know we didn't have a big budget or anything by any means and, so. and the thing that that says dominic is that you don't have to have a big budget you don't have to have all the bells and whistles to create a film that puts the message across and gets it there and hits home with a lot of people you don't have to have all of that and you know you editing it in your home office i mean there you go yeah you know, yeah. I encourage there's so many great stories out there. And the parent, you know, the stories of those four, four parents are really powerful. But I, I get stories and messages from people every day saying, yeah. you know, well, can we make one about my son? Or can I make one about, you know, my niece or whoever? And I'm go, yes, you can. <laughs> and you don't need me to do it. Yeah. Right. It's like <laughs> you, your story is so powerful. And, and I understand there's a a way to present things that make it engaging to an audience. But even within your own circle, if you have a story of overcoming addiction, giving something that can give someone the hope they need to take a step in the right direction, there are an endless amount of people who are silently suffering with that. And they're on the brink of the next step of ordering one of those fake pills off of Snapchat that will totally end it for them. 
Yep. And so please, please share those stories of overcoming and letting people know they're not alone. Uh, you don't need a film crew to do it. You know, we did it pretty cheap and, and yeah, we have talent and experience and all that, but it's the story that made it amazing, not not the cam fancy cameras and lighting. You, you are absolutely correct. And I can even add on to that. Here I am, I'm on a webcam. Yes, I have kind of a, I don't know, I think the light cost me $60. And I use a free film editing program called Hit Films Express. There you go. Everybody's you got go. computers. I mean, you could even do it on a smartphone. The you know the uh, iPhones and the Androids. There's such you can do such good quality video these days. You know you don't you don't need the bells and whistles. All you need is to you know get on camera and tell the story and that's the power and that's what you did dominic with dead on arrival and it's extremely powerful how do people find it how can people watch it so the best way to find it is just search dead on arrival on youtube by now it's it's ranking or if you search my name dominic you know it's on my channel okay. um and and it'll it'll pop up right there i think it's it crossed about half a million views on YouTube now, which is cool. Wow. Again, we don't know, we're, we say millions because, and we know millions because the film has been distributed to tens of thousands of schools and we've made it free for them to download and distribute. So we don't know how many eyes have seen it, right? Because they'll show it to 2,000, 3,000 students in a day and right. that'll count as, you know, one download. Or yeah. And right. so that's amazing. But yeah, that's the best way to do it. It's totally free to show and I encourage you just send it to your local schools and, yep. and organizations. And just for people who are listening and not reading anything, like they're listening to this podcast, Dominic, D-O-M-I-N-I-C, last name, T-I-E-R-N-O. And so you can find him on YouTube and you can find his films. What are you going to do next, Dominic? Well, I'm trying to get to the root of why kids are making these decisions to use drugs. And that's where I'm focusing next. See, it's, I'm looking at the kids who were like me, you know, and which a lot of them are, we're not all that different, you know, regardless of where you're from or your background, we all seem to be kind of dealing and struggling with the same sort of things. And so I look back at my own life and go, what led me to think that pill, you know, was really going to help me? What led me to that moment of desperation where, um, you know, I was crying out for some sort of relief from the mental anguish I was going through. What led me to become addicted to things like nicotine or pornography or, or all of these things that were, were really, whether it's drugs or whatever it is, I, I like how this is the addiction podcast because mm -hmm. not just drugs, it's, it's sex, it's gambling, it's shopping, it's whatever it is that you're trying to use to fill that void within you. And I go back and go, what caused that void? And then what actually ended up filling that void for me, you know, because it wasn't any of these things that I became trapped to for years and years. And so that's kind of where I'm headed next with, especially with youth and trying to prevent them from even getting to that place where I have to convince them not to use drugs or use something anymore and just be more preventative. I think that's huge. I, I will, in all honesty, this is just about drugs and alcohol. We don't really get into other types of addiction, but you're absolutely correct. And and the 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 thing that we have found over and over again with the people in recovery is they really had to confront what was the problem, 
for which drugs became the solution. And it's the same idea. What's the problem for which pornography or sex or sugar or food or whatever, what's the problem that led to that addiction? Because the addiction is really the solution, if you will. And until people actually look at what was the problem, what was the mental anguish and what caused that, then they, they don't get well. Yeah. Same I'm idea. curious, what do people say when you ask them that question? Uh, About, what are, what's the common an- answers that you hear? What got them to that place and, and or what turned it You around? know, it varies. Um, we've had people who had, um, you know, maybe abuse in childhood. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe abuse in childhood. Or um, we've had, you know, people who had like a family life like yours where a parent was addicted. We've also had um, people who um, were put on drugs as children, you know, drugging kids who are hyperactive is, is something that has gotten a bit out of control in this country, you know, using drugs like Ritalin when a child is hard to handle. And, you know, dependency on something can then just lead to harder drugs or alcohol or marijuana or you name it. Or, you know, you have the kids that just, they decide they just want to try it and, you know, there are some people who can try a drug and walk away from it. And then there are some people who can't and they try it one time and they become addicted. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, different theories as to why that happens. But really everybody that we have on who's in recovery, they have their own story. They have something that happened to them that just put them over the edge. They lost a loved one or, or a parent and, yeah, there you go. Hmm, interesting. Yep. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. But thank you for doing this film. I, I'm, I'm excited about the success that it's having because we've had several people on the podcast talking about the situation with fentanyl. We were not aware. You know, we've been doing this for seven years. And, you know, as you say, it was a different scene seven years ago. And, you know, then we were more talking to people who had become addicted to heroin because of opioids. And now more recently, we've had um, different, different individuals with different connections to the fentanyl crisis that's going on. And it is, it's scary. And so the fact that you did this film and it's getting out there, you know, that's huge. We're going to put it in the show notes um, on the video. We'll put it in there. And yeah, I can't thank you enough for doing this and doing what you do. You obviously are a brilliant filmmaker and you know i'm excited to see what you do next thank you very much yeah i i'm really if i can't emphasize more education and prevention and i truly do believe that dead on arrival is the best piece of content out there that's free that can be shared to to prevent you know these things from happening and and start talking to your kids about it early you know, before they get to that place, even if it's not fentanyl, even before they start leaning on something else, because it took me a long time to discover what actually got me to that point and to mm. actually have that turning point of, okay, now I got to dig myself out of this and go through a lot of, of healing and stuff. And that's possible if your kids are already there, for sure, there's freedom. But man, that prevention and education and staying consistent with it, I can't emphasize more um, and that's why we're doing this content, and that's that's why we're equipping people with it again for for free. You know, yep. it's it's our joy to do that. So. It's great. It's yeah. great. Thank you so much, Dominic, for talking to us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thank you.
parents, you have to educate your children. You have to talk to schools and get them to show this film. Um, you know, Dominic was saying after the interview that, you know, sometimes schools get this idea, oh, no, it, it, it's too um, controversial a subject or it's too um, violent a subject to show to kids. And you know kids see this kind of stuff anyway. But if we don't give them the true data and if we don't tell them that that next quote unquote Xanax that they decide to try could kill them, you know, they, then they don't know. So, um, yeah. So spread the word in your community that this film needs to be seen. I'm going to tell you, if you go to stop the void.org, .org? Yes. Stop the void.org right there on the homepage, dead on arrival, the film by Dominic Tierno. You need to watch it. Everyone you know needs to watch it. Your children need to watch it. Dominic was saying he showed it to his 11-year-old nephew. And yeah, there you go. They all need to watch it. Have a good one. We will be back again with another interview next week. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.